How's it going, everyone? Welcome to RCC at Home. My name is Danny. And my name's Natasha. We're so excited that you're here with us. If you're newer and checking us out, make sure you hit that subscribe button and the little bell to be notified when new videos are released here. If you want to stay connected with RCC, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Make sure you follow our Facebook. And if you would like the newsletter that goes out or Pastor Mike's personal email, make sure you fill out a red card on rccsunday.com. Yeah, it's a great way to stay connected. And today, Pastor Adam is talking about the anxious mask, and I'm really excited for it because uh, with everything that's going on in the world, with COVID and, and the presidential election, I personally have been feeling more anxious than ever. So I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. Right now, we're about to jump into the worship part of our service. Take this time to just take a breather, settle down, focus on the words, and really use this time to connect with God. Let's check it out. How's it going, everybody? My name is Adam, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And today we are continuing our series called Masks. These things that we all have to wear that we're kind of getting sick of, uh, I especially hate it when all of a sudden you have to sneeze and you don't have time to take your mask off. And so you just end up plastering the inside of your mask with like snot and debris. It's the, the, the worst thing ever. Then you're in the store and you have to kind of just deal with it because otherwise you'd have to go sit in the parking lot. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But those masks are physical masks. We've been wearing masks long before this pandemic, though. Many of us have grown accustomed to wearing these metaphorical masks, masks such as the anxiety mask. Anxiety is defined as a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically because of an imminent event or uncertain outcome. Nervousness, worry, uncertainty, unease. And I get it. There is uncertainty coming your way. And if it's not here now, it will be. Let's look at Ephesians 6.11. It says, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I got to tell you, a battle is coming, but you don't need to be afraid. There is not a person listening to this that isn't either currently under attack in some area of your life or about to be under attack in some area of your life. No matter how blessed you've been, no matter how accomplished, no matter how healthy, no matter how fruitful you are, in some area of your life, you're either about to be attacked or you're currently being attacked. Now, I don't know about you, but that prospect is pretty anxiety-inducing. The good news is that God will bless you. God says, I will bless you. First, get dressed for the battle. Then, you will receive the blessing. Now, this is often the case with blessings. See, salvation is free. You don't need to earn it. You don't need to be worthy of it. You don't need to deserve it. You don't need to even understand it. It is a gift from God to anybody that has faith. But the blessings, the blessings that God has for you, you often need to grow into. You often need to fight for. With many of you, the blessings there will be a battle. And I would venture that the greater the blessing, the greater the battle. You see, the enemy would not send all that against you if, if there was not a blessing before you. Nobody comes to rob an empty house. Nobody holds up a homeless person if there's nothing to gain. If you're under attack, there's something to be gained. 
So the Bible says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Notice how it says, take your stand. God wants you to make the first stand. You are required to have an investment in what God is doing in your life. Now check this out. Proverbs 21:23 says, Under three things the earth quakes, and under four it cannot bear out. Under a slave when he becomes king, under a fool when he is satisfied with food, under an unloved woman when she gets a husband, and a maidservant when she surplants her mistress. There's a whole sermon here in that verse, but for right now, I want to look at what these things have in common. What do all these things have in common that could make the earth shake? That could create an unstable environment? Why do these things feed doubt and uncertainty and anxiety? A servant who becomes king. An unloved woman who gets married. In each of these four cases, people gain privileges they did not earn and for which they are unqualified. They didn't put in the work. They didn't fight the battle. Their desires are just suddenly satisfied, and because of this, they cannot wisely manage the blessings that God has given them. You've probably heard the statistic that 70% of people who win the lottery go bankrupt within five years. It's because they didn't have to learn how to manage money. They didn't have to struggle with poverty. So why am I talking about this? Because a battle is coming. Because you're going to struggle, because you don't need to be afraid. The battle is part of the process. Faith is something that needs to grow. You can't rush faith. And the battle is a tool that God uses to prepare you. But this is a fight that is not happening with literal weapons. We look at 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, and it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to be pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of imaginations, casting down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You see, you're being fought by imaginations, by shadows, by ghosts. And some of you are being stressed out right now with the maybes and the what ifs. You lay awake at night wrestling with ghosts, struggling with I think and, and I suspect and I heard and I feel and the what ifs. And you wake up tired in the morning because although you may have slept, you didn't find rest. The devil is attacking your mind. And there is a defense though. As, as we continue on reading in, in the verse in Ephesians, God tells us to suit up, to put on the armor of God. And one of the last pieces of armor he tells us to put on is the helmet of salvation. You see, there is a helmet that will protect your head. And God wants you to lead with your head. You see, the head is a metaphor. The head speaks to leadership. The head implies government. And many people live their lives from a place of feelings and not a head place. You are being governed by your emotions. You are telling the enemy how you feel and it has nothing to do with what you know. A person who moves totally out of a place of emotion is a person that has no government. 
God did not promise you that your feelings would line up with the facts. If we look at, in Genesis, we look at Cain and Abel, two brothers. One did what was right by God and it pleased him. One did not do what was right and God was displeased. And that brother, he felt shame, he felt jealousy, and he reacted out of emotion, rebelling even more. And the Lord said, Cain, why are you doing this? Why are you feeling anxiety? Don't be controlled by it. You must rule over it. God says, I'm not against you, Cain. I'm against what you did. And if you fix what you did, then I'll bless you like I blessed him. You got to get your emotions out of the way of your knowledge. You know what is right in your head. So stop reaching out of your feelings. Now, I know that might be culture shock to some of you out there because everything you've ever gotten you've gotten out of your feelings. But let me tell you, the devil's not fighting over your feelings. He's fighting over your head. He has given you images and threats of disasters and insecurities and anxieties to send your head into panic mode. But when Jesus fought the devil in the desert, he fought with what he knew, with what he knew in his head. He responded, it is written, Man is not to live on bread alone. It is written, you must not tempt the Lord your God. He did not confront the devil with his feelings because his feelings would not have led him to victory. He didn't say to the devil, oh devil, I'm, I'm so hungry. I've been out here so long. I'm so tired. I'm hot. He didn't confront the devil with what he felt. He confronted the devil with what he knew. So in order to use what you know, you have to actually know. Imagine that. If you don't know the scripture, you can't live by it. If you don't regularly read the Bible, it cannot inform your mind. If you don't know about God, about his character, his promises, what he's said, what he's done, then all you have left to go on is your feelings. And that's a dangerous place to be. Let me clarify something, though. God gave us emotions. Having feelings is part of being human. Jesus experienced emotions. But he wasn't led by them. Those of you who are led by your feelings are like the seeds that fall on rocky soil. It starts to grow, but it doesn't take root. And then you're vulnerable. Scripture tells us that the person led by emotions is so pumped when they first hear about God and then they encounter problems and then they are persecuted and then they let worries take over and they fall away because they're not feeling it anymore. But faith isn't a feeling. Faith is a choice. So many of you probably don't know this, but I've struggled a lot with anxiety. I used to have pretty debilitating panic attacks. Um, I even went to the emergency room a couple times. I'd be like sitting talking with somebody and all of a sudden I'd feel like the walls were closing in or there was something seriously wrong with me. And I'd go there and, and after a couple times, like I talked to the doctor and they, they were like, I think you're just having a panic attack. And since then I, I've learned a lot about it. And there's nothing rational about anxiety. You cannot say to somebody who's feeling anxious, oh, don't worry about it. You don't, you don't really have anything to worry about because you can't logic your way out of anxiety. But you can control the decisions that you make and you can choose to make them out of faith 
or out of fear. You see, regardless of how much faith you have, there are some things that are going to shake you up. There are some things that are going to concern you, but there's a difference between being concerned and being petrified. There's a difference between being careful and being intimidated. There's a difference between being cautious and being negative. You see, fear binds you, and the devil loves that. He doesn't have to lock you in your house if you're so scared you won't come out anyway. You see, without anyone having to handcuff you, you already are limited by fear. The enemy loves for you to be afraid. Every one of you has to decide if you're going to live your life wearing the anxiety mask or not. You see, the Lord was was very honest. He was very intentional when he referred to the church. And he doesn't call us giraffes. He doesn't call us camels. He doesn't call us us elephants. He calls us sheep. And I got to tell you, I don't really care for that metaphor I'd rather be some other animal. The thing is, he calls us sheep because sheep are vulnerable. They can't defend themselves. They're intimidated easily. They can't even think straight a lot of the times. And yet God says, I'm sending you out as sheep among the wolves. And I think, God, why would you send us out as sheep? And then tell us you're not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. If you don't want me to be afraid, then give me some teeth, give me some claws. But you didn't need us to have those things because the weapons of warfare are not physical. We don't need those things because nothing can beat the mighty power of God. 2 Corinthians, he says, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd said, I send you out. I send you out like sheep. And every so often you're going to encounter a wolf. And it may come through your job. It may be a neighbor. It may be a health condition or a circumstance that you face. The anxiety that the enemy brings to your life will come. And it will come to intimidate you. It will come to cause you to be afraid. But you do not have to wear the anxiety mask just because it is given to you. God says, I'm going to give you the tools necessary to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. To bring every anxiety into the obedience of Christ. And I'm going to share with you right now three keys to taking off the anxiety mask. And the keys can be found in Psalm 23. And this is a psalm, this is a verse that you may have learned in Sunday school. You may have recited it at Easter time. It's so nice. It's so quaint. It's it's about green pastures and, and quiet waters. But you likely didn't realize how much power this verse actually had. Here we're given the keys to taking off the anxiety mask. And it starts with this. It starts with acknowledging who God is. The very first verse here is a statement about God. In verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack for nothing. Because if we don't know who God is, then we may accidentally end up glorifying the enemy. It could dominate our conversation. Look what my enemy did. Look at how many people my enemies killed. Look at how bad my life is. Look at what my enemy might do. My enemy might mess up my job. My enemy might mess up my marriage or be after my position. I'm so stressed because of my enemy. And you spend all your time glorifying the enemy. 
Even when you pray, you might spend all your time not talking about the greatness of God. You'll spend your time talking about the greatness of your enemy. Lord, help me here. Lord, protect me. Lord, I'm so scared. But who is God? Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack for nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. Not was, not used to be, not ought to be, not hope, not maybe, not probably. The Lord is my shepherd. My is a personal pronoun. It is possessive. He is my personal shepherd. It's not just about groups or religions or churches. The Lord is mine. I don't know who you got with you, but the Lord is mine. So the first key to taking off the anxiety mask is to acknowledge who God is. The all-powerful, the all-knowing, the maker of heaven and earth and everything in between. To battle anxiety, you must first remember who you're talking to. Then you must accept God's leadership. We look at the next couple of verses. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He says, even when I don't have the sense to lie down, you make me lie down. You bring me to a point. You teach me how to rest. See, sometimes we're not comfortable in our own skin. Sometimes we're not comfortable receiving the blessing that God has for us. And God just needs to tell us to chill out, to relax, just to be okay lying here in this pasture. See, some of you can't live in the now. You're so afraid that it might not last. You're so afraid that it might not work out. And God is just go, shh, lie down. Next it says, he leads me beside quiet waters. You see, he doesn't just tell me what to do. He leads me. If he pushes you, it means we go first. But if he leads you, then it means he's already been there. Why should I have anxiety when he's up front? I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, The Dog Whisperer, Caesar Milan, but I used to watch that show all the time. Uh, it's, just, it's the guy who goes, and he, uh, he like immediately makes the dogs behave. Um, but he, he gives some important lessons about leadership. Take a look. So we're going to take over his territory. Now that's, that's, that's the real dog right there. That's the real dog. If you study his bark, it's a very frantic bark. Normal dogs don't bark this frantic. They don't need a dog that is very secure of himself. Don't need to overdo it. Come on, Junior. Let's just take it slow. A frantic dog in this aggressive state can be very dangerous because it can be very unpredictable. I need to get a leash on him so I can gain some control of him.
As soon as Caesar has Rocky safely on the leash, he immediately takes the dog from his territory and out onto more neutral ground. You see, when the dog isn't being led, he's uncertain. He experiences anxiety. He doesn't know what to expect. But when he is a strong leader there, leading the way, it eliminates his anxiety. It eliminates the uncertainty. And in the next verse, it says, He leads me beside quiet waters. You see, sheep are dumb. And the desire to drink overwhelms them. And when they see this water in front of them and they're thirsty, their base instincts take over and they'll drink from whatever's in front of them. So if the, the water's rushing and the currents are rapid, they'll be taking a drink, their, their big wool will start to get wet and they'll get heavier and they might tumble over into the water and drown. So the good shepherd doesn't just find water, but he finds a level of water that we can handle. He doesn't give us anything that's too fast for us. He doesn't give us what we cannot handle. And God knows what speed you can handle without falling in. And you see, some of you might be feeling anxiety over other people's blessings. Other things that people have, but those same things might take you under. So you need to trust and accept God's leadership of you. You also need to be confident in the outcome. This is the third key. The psalm says, He refreshes my soul. This is a promise to you. He says, Even if you fail, even if you lose hope, even if you suffer defeat, even if you fall, even if you miss out, even if you spoke out of turn or put your foot in your mouth or spoke out of anger, even if you were wounded in your spirit or you lost your joy, even if you lost your peace or you didn't pray like you should, or you didn't read the Bible like you should. God steps in to restore you. He guides you along the right paths. When you make Jesus the leader in your life, he guides you along the path. He helps you along. You don't need to fear if you're going the wrong way or not. Because if you fall off, he's going to help you back on. If you get lost, he will find you. If you are in need, he will meet you. And this is why you don't have to have anxiety. In verse 4, it says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, the sheep doesn't have any teeth. It doesn't have any claws. It doesn't have any powerful jaws. They, they can't run. They're not cunning. But their protection comes from the shepherd. The shepherd carries a rod and a staff. And these are weapons used to manage and guard the flock. But you need to understand something. It's not simply a job for the shepherd. The shepherd isn't some corporate CEO that's so insulated from the daily routines of the organization. We just went through an election. And for many of you, it was super anxiety-inducing. Some of you may even still feel anxious about it. And although the president is in charge of us, he makes policies that affect us, he may offer some protection or some assurance or some leadership, he is not your shepherd. The president does not know you personally. He is so far removed from your daily life that you could die tomorrow and he would never even know about it. The shepherd is not this. The shepherd is not some dispassionate governor. The shepherd is involved in the daily life of the sheep. The shepherd was there as the female sheep gave birth, holding the baby as it entered the world for the first time. 
The shepherd is there feeding them when they got hungry, protecting them when they were vulnerable, caring for them when they were sick or injured. He knows each sheep by name. He sleeps next to them. He spends time with them. He knows them on an intimate level. And this is how God is with us. He's the good shepherd. He knows you by name and he loves you. Remember who God is. Remember who he is this week when the wolf comes to your door. Just because he's trying to get you to put on the mask doesn't mean you have to do it. Let's make a conscious decision this week to let God lead you in that area of life that you're struggling with. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't run from it. Don't give it power in your life. Remember who fights for you. Remember who God is. Acknowledge his leadership and be confident in the outcome that God wins in the end. Would you pray for me? Or would you pray with me? <laughs> would you pray with me? Um, Heavenly Father, there are so many things that could just cause anxiety in our lives, just uncertainties, fears, um, changes things that we might be changing in our life or changes that might be forced upon us. But I know that you lead us by still waters. You know where we need to go. You go before us and you protect us and we can find peace and comfort in you. So I pray that this week you give us the strength to choose faith, to choose to lay down in your green pastures, to be led by you, to give you the reins in our life, Lord. And I just pray for anxiety and for those situations and that you just bless us and use them to help us grow closer to you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9.6 says that God loves a cheerful giver. It goes on to say that when you are generous with others, he will be generous with you. When we look at all that God has given us like it's, like it's a gift, it, it changes the way we see what we have. It can actually then be a joy to give it back to him because we're grateful for what he's given to us. You also need to know that when you're generous with your finances here at RCC, you're not only honoring God, but you're also helping to support the mission and ministries of RCC. The easiest way for you to give would be to simply visit rccsunday.com. From, from there, you can set up a reoccurring gift. It can be weekly or monthly. It can be through your bank account or a debit card or a credit card. Also, feel free to drop off a check at our downtown location at 155 State Street. There's a mail slot in the front entrance and you can drop it off right there. Keep up the awesome work and remember to be the church this week.